Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Take your Bibles this morning and uh, let's turn to Luke chapter 6, find verse 17. While you do, let me tell you that the term level with, as in I'm going to level with you, is an idiom in our language. What is an idiom, you say? Well, an idiom simply means that a term or phrase being used does not mean by definition what it is being used for, but we understand its meaning by the way it's being used. So when I say, I'm going to level with you, you already understand what I'm saying. You understand that I'm, I am telling you that I'm going to shoot straight with you. Oh, another idiom. You understand that what that means with us, I'm going to level with you or I'm going to shoot straight with you. It means that I'm going to present you with the unvarnished truth. I'm not going to pretty it up. I'm not going to make it different. I'm just going to put it to you exactly the way it is. And in our text today, Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26, we find Jesus coming down from a mountain where he had prayed all night long and then had selected from the many disciples 12 apostles, and he came down from that mountain, Luke says, to a level place. When he got to that level place, he gathered around himself his disciples, his apostles, and other onlookers to shoot straight with them, to level with them, to give them the unvarnished truth about who gets in and who gets left out of the kingdom of God. It's an important topic, wouldn't you say? Especially coming from the lips of the Lord Jesus. Now, as we read this text in just a moment, you're going you're to notice that there's some similarities of it with another passage in, Luke, in Matthew chapter 5 that is known as the Sermon on the Mount. Some Bible scholars uh, have a great argument that, these, that Luke's account is just his account of that same account that Matthew gave. It's just a little different from a different perspective, and that's fine. Others say, no, 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 it's a whole different time, a whole different situation. We're not even going to get into that because you know what? Right now it's not important to know that. What's important is that we understand what Jesus said, what it means, and how it applies to us today. We'll leave the wrangling of whether it's the same or different to some other time and some other place. That was Sandy Patty, wasn't it? Okay, anyway, Scripture reading. Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. And he, that is Jesus, came down with them. The them there represents those 12 apostles who have just been selected. And he stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep, Now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. 
Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich. For you have received your consolation or your comfort. Woe to you who are full now. For you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now. For you shall mourn and weep. And woe to you when people speak well of you. When all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. So as we saw here in the text, as Jesus came down off the mountain and he settled into a level place, there were three categories of people who were there with him. First of all, there were the apostles, those 12 men who had been freshly selected from the many disciples to become Jesus' messengers ambassadors and representatives to the world. So that's one group. Then there is this group called the disciples, which is an unspecified number that literally could have numbered into the hundreds. These are people who had heard Jesus's message, had begun following him, who were learning from him and who were desiring to become like him. And then there are those who I call the onlookers. Basically, they're referred to as the crowd. Again, an unspecified number Hundreds, perhaps even a thousand, who were curious. They had not yet bought in. They were not yet following. But they were there because they wanted to find out what all the fuss was about. Now, as I see that, I think of your average Sunday morning uh, worship attendance, right? I mean, it's no different. When you come to church every Sunday, there are those who are heavily committed. There are those who are generally committed. And there are those who are not committed at all. And that's always the crowd that we find before us. So Luke says that when the crowd had assembled, he, that is Jesus, lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, now let's just note this for what it's there for. It's there to tell us who his target was. He has three groups of people before him, and the message he's going to give is for all three groups, but he is specifically targeting that middle group. Those people who we would call general disciples, the generally committed. There were applications for them all, but specifically for them. Now, like any other teaching Jesus gave, this sermon would draw some people closer to him and it would push others further away from him. And that brings me to truth point number one. And by the way, uh, hopefully you received a note-taking guide when you came in. Here's where it becomes important to, to utilize that. Truth point number one says, Light always illuminates the path for successful journey, or it blinds sensitive eyes from seeing the pathway before them. You got it? Light always illuminates the path for successful journey, or... It blinds sensitive eyes from seeing the pathway before them. To state that more clearly so that we have no misunderstanding, the gospel either draws or it repels, but it never leaves you stagnant. It never leaves you stagnant. It's always pulling you closer or pushing you further away, never stagnant. The gospel always causes movement. Movement toward Jesus or movement away from Jesus. Now, the message that Jesus gave that we find in the text here is set in the context of four blessings with four corresponding cursings or woes. Same thing. 
The language that Jesus uses in this message could be interpreted physically, or it could be interpreted spiritually. And the way we determine that is by the context. And in this particular context, we discover that Jesus is speaking spiritually. For example, when Jesus says, blessed are you who are poor, he's not talking about a lack of money or a lack of possessions poor. He's talking about those who are in spiritual poverty. And likewise, when he says, woe to you who are rich, he is not speaking of physical riches like gold and silver, but he is speaking of the deception of spiritual self-sufficiency. Which brings me to truth point number two today, that Jesus' language here is meant to paint a picture of inner attitudes of the soul. That's what he's referring to. The inner attitudes of the soul. Those who understand and accept their total inability to please God by their own means versus those who think their own means more than merit God's acceptance and pleasure in them. So when we're talking hunger and poverty and writ, don't think of the physical things. We think here of the spiritual. So let's look at the blessings and the cursings. I want to do that in the context of their pairings. So we'll look at these four together, both the blessing and the cursing. And the first we find is titled poor and rich. Um, Jesus said that the kingdom of God belongs to those who are poor. What does he mean by that? What he means by that is that the kingdom of God belongs to those who understand that they have nothing within themselves to merit the love and grace of God. They understand they are spiritually bankrupt. That's who the kingdom of God is for. And the reason these people are blessed is because they are such that they will humbly confess their need and they will gladly receive the gift of grace that Jesus purchases for them on the cross and through His resurrection. On the other hand, Whatever consolation, whatever comfort the present day offers, that is the best that the rich can expect. Meaning what? That those who believe they are good as they are, thinking they are rich in good works and noble deeds and and, and suitable heritage and the like, the kingdom of God is shut up to people like these. The only good they will ever know if they stay like that is what little good, what little comfort, what little consolation they enjoyed as they lived here on earth. Next, we find this couplet, hungry and full. And Jesus proclaimed that fullness of soul belongs to those who are hungry now. Don't miss that now. To be hungry now, what does that mean? It means to be driven to receive that which will satisfy. When you're hungry now, you want something to fill you up. It is a realization that what I have now does not satisfy and cannot satisfy. And if we add more of what I have now, it will still leave me spiritually hungry. To understand this is to grasp that the only remedy to satisfy the longings of my heart is not found in self, 
It's not found in the world, but it's found in Christ. Those who receive him will not be disappointed because he will fill them to the satisfaction. John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. On the other hand, those who believe they are full now, they will not eat of what the kingdom of God has for them. Why? Because they're not hungry. Have you ever been in that position before where you're, I mean, you're just really full to the gills? I know you don't have gills, but uh, go with me on that, right? You're full to the gills. How many of you want to go and eat some more? You don't. It's like, I don't want any of that. I'd just rather lay here on the couch and just, just, what is it? Just vegetate, just marinate. Yeah, there you go. I just want to lay here and marinate. Now, those who, are hung, who, those who are full now, who think they are full now, they're not hungry. They're, they are satiated by self, satiated by the world. They, they're, they're in a position where they, they feel like, my goodness, I couldn't possibly stuff one more good thing in. Jesus says that the eternity that is awaiting them is one of continuous hunger. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.